I had my children on the floor. I was on my favorite blanket that my grandmother gave me on the floor like a cat. And I realized in that moment, the potential of what our bodies can really do as women. Like I could feel his head. I could do my own internal, like, yeah, his head, I could feel it. I was in tears. I was just in tears and overwhelmed with gratitude. Hi, and welcome to the Natural Birth Podcast, the podcast that is bringing embodied birth wisdom from women from all over the world sharing their natural birth stories. Don't forget to subscribe and download so that you can always have access to these empowering and positive natural birth stories. Hi, my name is Anna, also known as the Spiritual Midwife, and I am the Natural Birth Podcast host. I'm a midwife and a childbirth educator, and I assist women in optimizing their chances of having an empowering and natural birth experience and a nourishing and healing postpartum. I offer holistic birth preparation and postpartum online courses worldwide for the conscious mama wanting to prepare emotionally, mentally, physically, and spiritually for her birth and for her postpartum. And if you want to know more about me and what I do in the world, then visit me at thenaturalbirthcourse.com. If you had a natural and empowering birth experience that you would like to share with the world, then you can email me at midwife at gmail.com and maybe your story will be featured on the Natural Birth Podcast. Now let's dive into today's episode. Today we have Jackie. Jackie is a mom of one from Florida, USA, and at the time of recording, only two weeks postpartum. She and her husband decided to go off birth control and try for a baby during the lockdowns in 2020 and ended up falling pregnant almost immediately. Jackie decided to go with the OB clinic, and even though they didn't really believe that she would actually have a natural birth, they supported her wishes. Jackie shares her birth preparations with us today and her strong belief in her own ability to birth her baby naturally. And with that belief, in combination with the supportive OB and husband, as well as an unusual labor process, Jackie ended up having an empowering and natural birth in the hospital. Curious about Jackie? Find her on Instagram as underscore jacks underscore. Hello, Jackie, and welcome to the Natural Birth Podcast. How are you today? I'm wonderful. Thanks for having me. Thank you for joining us. You are a a Natural Birth Podcast first uh, when it comes to how old your little baba is. So your baby's only two weeks old, which is like crazy. I'm so excited to have you on this close to your birth because it's so fresh and it's so like wow in your in your you know being and in your mind and all the experiences so I can't wait this will be very special I think for all of us to hear about your birth just two weeks ago gosh that was like you blinked and it's two weeks right yes exactly it's gone by so fast but 
yet it feels like so long ago as well because we're just such in a routine with our little one so far and it's just we're in a wonderful bliss of love oh beautiful well i'm so excited to hear all about it so please share with us about um your birth and maybe a little bit about you know when you got pregnant what your ideas around birth was and you know how you ended up having a natural and empowering birth yeah yeah absolutely um so of course this is our first child um we had been talking about babies since we got married um three and a half years ago and i think just because of covid and you know us being at home um you know we live in south florida which is a big COVID hotspot. And, um, you know, we just decided around the summertime, hey, let me get off my birth control and start trying and see what happens. Um, I've had some friends that had troubles with getting pregnant in the past, so I didn't know how long it would take for us. And uh, my mom never had any troubles. So I was like, let's give it a whirl. And it actually happened pretty quickly for us. Um, I got off my birth control in April. We started in May and I got pregnant in around June. So it was just, it was a very exciting time. And at first we were like, wow, that happened really quickly. Like now what do we do? And um, (laughs) honestly, I wasn't very prepared at all. Um, You know, we wanted to get pregnant. We knew we wanted a baby, but other than that, I hadn't done much research around it. And I didn't know a lot of people that had babies recently. Um, A few friends, but other than that, I've never really changed a diaper, never been around an infant. So it was definitely a big change for me and my husband to get prepared. So I definitely got prepared very quickly. And it was mostly um, self-taught on my end. So a lot of books, um, YouTube videos, and of course, podcasts. And I was just obsessed with your podcast from the beginning. I probably listened to every episode, maybe some like twice every day on my daily walks. I was listening to your podcast. So it was just such an empowering thing for me because I was like, if all these women can have natural births, I can do it too. And that was just what was in my head every day. It was really, really beautiful. (laughs) It gives me goosebumps all over my body. It just makes me... You can't, I can't even tell you how happy that makes me because that is truly the intention with this podcast is just that, that it makes women go like, well, if everyone else can have these natural births and I can, and oh, it just, yeah, thank you for sharing that. It makes me super, super happy to hear. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And all just like the pearls of wisdom that the women said too on your podcast, I felt like every single woman that was on your podcast gave me just a little tidbit of something that I kept in the back of my mind or I put in the notes on my phone. Just like, you know, I remember one girl like saying, oh, when she was hyperventilating, she put her hands over her face and was breathing. I was like, wow, that's really good. I've never heard that before. And I added it to my notes. I'm like, if I need that, that's going to be in my back pocket. And it was just great to hear everybody's different experiences from all over the world too, which was so inspiring for me. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so happy. Okay. Brilliant. (laughs) Beautiful feedback. I love that. Yeah. Okay. Beautiful. Um, So with the pregnancy, it was actually, um, I mean, knock on wood, it was a great pregnancy. I never got sick once. We never had any problems. Um, I never 
had to go to the hospital for any reason. It was just a really, really wonderful, um, great pregnancy. There was one moment, I think in my second trimester, when I had the um, gestational diabetes test, which they require over here um, in the States. So I had to drink the glucose drink and then take the test. I know it was awful. And um, I think it was maybe because I ate lunch before the test, which the nurse told me to do, but I think that was probably not the best advice. So Mm -hmm. they said that my numbers had failed and they called me a few days later with the results. And it was kind of scary because they were like, okay, you could have diabetes. We want to do a further test, which is considered a three-hour test. And I started asking people around me that had babies and they said it's pretty common for people to fail the one-hour sugar test and then take the three-hour. So I did it and it was a bigger sugar drink. And then we had to do like three blood vials within three hours. Mm. And so it was, you know, that was kind of scary, but overall I passed. I got the results in a few days and everything turned out fine. But that was just the only hiccup that, you know, kind of scared my husband and I, because I was like, oh no, is this something I could have prevented from my diet or exercise? You know, you just start thinking of things like... So that was kind of scary, but it ended up being fine and I didn't get diagnosed. That's very interesting because that is a test that is done here as well. Obviously, in you know, most places around the world, I think, does this test. Um, okay. Here, it's always a fasting though. And so you do that, the long version, but you do it fasting. So there's mm-hmm. no, it's the opposite. You should not be eating. So that's a, a strange yeah. like that's the opposite um, for you or that you've yep. been uh, recommended to eat. Before. Yeah, yeah I know. Strange. And it was very strange because when I did the three hour test, they told me to fast and I had to come in the morning. Mm. So in my head, I was like, why didn't I do this the first time? Mm. And, you know, I'm, I went to a good practice. It was highly recommended, but I thought that was a little funny, but we overcame it and it turned yeah. out fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Funny um, how everything is different around the world, so, which is very, you know, important to know, like there's not one way. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But other than that, the pregnancy was great. I was, you know, exercising, eating healthy. I was, um, you know, we were very excited to be pregnant. And so I just enjoyed the bliss and, you know, we did maternity photos and we just, you know, fully (laughs) just loved everything about the pregnancy. And then um, I think it got to probably the last couple of weeks where I was just getting really big and uncomfortable. You know, I started getting the back pain. I was like, oh, wow, like this is the moment in my pregnancy where I'm like, okay, I'm kind of over it. I want to meet the baby now. (laughs) You know, I'm loving being pregnant, but, you know, let's move things along. Um, I think that's nature's way also like to prepare you to give birth that Mm -hmm. you know maybe there's a bit of anxiety or fear on the birth process but then when you get really close you're just like okay I'm done I'm done get this baby (laughs) out I want to birth now and and that fear goes down and the willingness to birth goes up kind of thing like you get all these okay I'm ready now I'm so over this yeah yeah Exactly. So I felt like I was really prepared and ready to meet him as well. I was really focused on a lot of the hypnobirthing. I felt like that really resonated with me a lot. Um, I tried to educate myself in a lot of the different birthing methods. Like my mom, of course, had three children and she used the Lamaze method. So she was like, okay, you know, there's different breathing that helped me. It might help you, you know, doing the visualization and picturing yourself on a nice calm beach. And so I tried that. But I was like, you know, I think the visualization helped me with 
leaning more towards the hypnobirthing and the yoga aspect of it because I had loved yoga. I've been practicing probably for the last like seven or eight years. So I felt like that really helped me knowing that I could lean on like meditation and breathing and just working with my body and knowing like that my baby knows what to do. So I'm just going to follow what he wants and go with, you know, we can work together, little man, like as long as you come down nicely, like (laughs) I'm here to support however you want to, you know, come out of my body and when. Um, But yeah, so I was doing, you know, meditation pretty much every night or every other night in my last trimester and I was using essential oils. I was taking nice, long, warm baths and just really getting into my headspace and focusing on picturing that, you know, wonderful, perfect birth that was in my head for so long. And then the last couple of weeks I was like, okay, like let's get things moving little man. And I started talking to him and I'm like, you can come out whenever you're ready. Like I know that we're getting close and, and he pretty much listened cause he was ready to come out like, on my due date, <laughs> which is not, you know, very common from what yeah. I've heard, especially from your podcast yeah. as well. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. If you go natural, it's not very common. Mm. Yeah. 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 So on my um, 39th week checkup, um, I was going every week, the last like couple weeks to the doctor um, to start meeting and rotating through the different doctors at my practice as well, because I saw an OB. So there was about six or seven doctors at the practice. So I wanted to meet all of them just in case I went into birth naturally. I would just go with whoever was on call and it wouldn't be the doctor that I had met you know, throughout my whole pregnancy. So I wanted to feel comfortable knowing that, you know, I had met them face to face and talking with them and all of them were really nice. So I felt like I was in good hands and they all were pretty much okay with my natural plan. A lot of them were a little hesitant, which of course in America is like, you know, sometimes you get that eye roll where they're like, oh, okay, yeah, you think you're going to go natural, but wait until you feel those contractions. You're going to want that epidural. And, you know, some of them were like, okay, you know, we'll go along with you, but it's probably not going to happen the way you're picturing. And, you know, I would just kind of take what they say and then let it go when I left because I'm like, they don't know my body. And, you know, they're just working from experience because, you know, other women may give up when they start feeling, you know, some of those heavy contractions and they might just give in to the epidural. But I feel like, you know, if my mom did it and my grandma did it, then, you know, I think I can do it. And hopefully my body, you know, takes after their body and we all can, you know, do this together. And that's how I felt. And yeah, so all the doctors were really nice. And I went in for my 39 week appointment and this one doctor was really nice and she goes, okay, you know, are you ready for me to check you? Um, the cervical check. And I had declined them on the weeks before cause I just thought it was too early and I knew he wasn't ready. Um, but this time I was kind of open to it. I really liked her and I was like, you know what? I have a feeling that he is a little bit ready because I'm starting to feel some back pain. I wasn't sure if, you know, it was from him or just because I was feeling heavier. So I was like, you know what, let's see. And maybe it'll give me a peace of mind because if I'm 0% dilated, then I'll know, okay, I need to just relax and let him, you know, come in the next week or two. But if I am a little dilated, maybe I'll know if something's happening or I just felt like maybe it would make me feel better if I was already dilated a little bit. And um, so she checked me and it didn't hurt at all 
which I was expecting maybe it would hurt a little because I had heard that it did, but it didn't. And um, she said, yeah, I was three centimeters dilated and 70% effaced. And she was like, you know, I can't tell you when he'll come, but it's definitely a good sign that your body is, you know, ripening and ready. So he could make his way in a couple days, but it still could be, you know, a week or so too. So just relax and keep walking, doing what you're doing. (laughs) And so I did, I came home and I was really excited and I was also trying some of the natural, you know, inducing things to get things moving. I had heard pineapple and mm-hmm. eggplant and <laughs> sex and you know, yeah, I was sex, just trying it all. actually evidence-based. I can say, no, well, not sex, uh, oxytocin. So that's like nipple yes. stimulation and yeah, orgasm and yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. And I can tell you that the nipple stimulation definitely started some things. Um, it felt like every time I would do them, I created some sort of like cramping or wow. (laughs) So that was like something that I, you know, had always heard, but it actually, I felt like it worked a little bit for me. Oh, hundred percent. There's been plenty of studies done on this on on thousands of women all over the world. And yes, nipple stimulation is like number one when it comes to naturally uh, inducing yourself when you're ready, obviously, because it doesn't work if your body's not ready. That's why it's, you know, a fairly, you know, what we would say, safe way of <laughs> inducing yourself, obviously. Maybe not yeah. going around uh, stimulating your nipples 24-7. Maybe that's a little bit overboard, <laughs> but, but um, it definitely works. So, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I felt like that was, you know, something also um, like squats. I was doing the raspberry leaf tea just to, you know, help. I, don't, I, I was trying it all. I was doing lunges and hip openers. And I was just, after that doctor's appointment, I was so ready. Like I was like, if I go into labor tonight, I will just be ecstatic. And <laughs> it didn't quite end up that way. So I guess after the um, cervical check, she said that I would have like some mild spotting and some cramping, which I did start getting that night. So then that's when I was like, oh, are these like real contractions? Should I start timing them? And I think I got in my head a little bit because I was so expecting it to happen so soon. And then almost like a week went by Mm -hmm. of having like some cramping here and there. And I was like, oh man, like Mm. I was kind of disappointed. And so I was like, I don't good. um, That's a really good just note for people listening is that doing a vaginal exam and I'm guessing she did something called membrane sweep because she yes. said mm-hmm. that that's what creates potentially some spotting and cramping, yes. right? Because it's, it's a way of actually trying to induce you. And so it's mm-hmm. a vaginal exam only is actually just checking what you are. However, if, if the practitioner puts her fingers inside your cervix and stretches it out, yep. which it sounds like she did, yep. uh, that can, that can cause, irregular contractions in spotting and so that's yeah. a, that's a side effect that it's not very maybe always you know something you want especially if you actually mm-hmm. aren't you know yes there's no reason to do that if, if you know what I mean so it's um it's a real thing yeah. that people have to to you know weigh up the benefits and uh, the risks of that so the risk can be that it's just uncomfortable mm-hmm. and nothing happens but you do get the yes, spotting exactly. and cramping for no reason kind of thing or, yeah. you know, for no yeah. good reason. Yeah, exactly. And I think it made me just um, a little bit disappointed knowing that it wasn't happening, you know, as quickly as I had thought. And, um, you know, my husband was just like, 
relax. It, it'll happen when it happens. And so I did. I tried to just get back into that headspace. And I'm like, he's going to come when he's ready to come. Um, and so I went back to the doctor for my next week's checkup. And I had met with um, a different doctor and she was really nice. And she goes, okay, you know, like, let's check you and see if you've made any progress over the next week. And I was like, okay. And in my head, I'm thinking, no, I'm still three centimeters. Like, I feel like I'm already so defeated at this point. I'm just going to wait and see. And he's probably going to come at like 41 weeks, 42. Like he's just going to come late. And everyone was saying that. And then she checked me and to our surprise, she was like, wow, you're almost six centimeters. How have you not been feeling any like contractions yet? She was like, you know, you're pretty much almost an active labor. And she's like, you haven't been feeling any differently. And I said, honestly, not really. Like I've had some back pain here and there, but I've kind of just put it off as, oh, this is, you know, from the membrane sweep. And, you know, I've been feeling this for a week and nothing is happening But I think it was all in my head because obviously things were moving along nicely and I had no idea. (laughs) This is so fascinating. This is why it's so good to have all these women onto this podcast to show the differences, right? So, you know, Mm -hmm. being six centimeters for most women, that would have been like being in labor for quite some time, you know, especially first time mom. And you've gone obviously being a bit uncomfortable, but this is the thing. We're all so different. Every woman is different. And some women will actually have progress without knowing. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And this is so fascinating with a woman's body. There is not one way. And we don't exactly. know who we're gonna be if we're gonna be one of the lucky ones like you in the sense of <laughs> you know getting to six centimeters without really knowing that we did that. Yeah. Um, or the opposite. And that's just how it is. We're just all different. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I was just, I was so happy to hear this. I mean, I was almost in tears when she said this because she goes, you know, you need to work your way to the hospital like soon. And she's like, tell me you have your bags packed. And I said, oh yeah, you know, they've been packed for a couple weeks now. You know, they're sitting (laughs) near the front door, like we are ready. And my husband had um, driven me to the doctor's appointment, but he hasn't been able to come to any of the appointments with me because of COVID. So Mm -hmm. I had to go all by myself most of the time but he would sit outside or in the car. And I remember going to this appointment and I was like, honey, like, I'm not going to get your hopes up, but there's a few options. They could say, Hey, you know, we're ready, go to the hospital. Or they could say, Hey, you're still three centimeters and, you know, just waited out a couple weeks. So he was pretty much expecting the, the latter of them. And he's like, okay, you know, everything's going to be fine. Just go up there and get checked and, you know, we're good. So I, I was almost in tears and I came down to the car and I, I, he looked at me and he knew, and he said, what's going on? And I said, we need to work our way to the hospital. She said, I can go home. I can eat something because once you get admitted, you can't eat. She said, you know, Mm -hmm. go home and eat a nice lunch and then get your butt to that hospital. And my husband was kind of shocked and he's like, this is really happening. Like now he's like, do I have time to send a few emails for work? Like, <laughs> he's like, I have no idea what the timing is. And I'm like, um, you probably do, but like, let's move it along. <laughs> so this is, you know, when it all started and I called my mom and I said, mom, you need to come take care of the dog. I'm, you know, pretty much going into labor and everyone was so excited. This is, you know, my parents' first grandchild. And so we're frantically, you know, packing last minute things and I'm stuffing my face with food because in, I guess, hospitals in America, they don't want you to eat once you get admitted. Yeah. And I just want to, you know, 
add to that the reason why is because there's such a high cesarean rate yep right because it's all about that when you go into surgery you're Mm -hmm. not supposed to eat and that's a terrible reason to keep women from eating because giving a woman woman needs energy in labor most women want they don't want to eat when they're in active labor Mm -hmm. but if they want to if they have the natural urge to to eat then i i would encourage a woman to follow her instincts all the time every day so i think that's very paternalistic and um you know almost assuming that a woman's going to need an emergency cesarean yeah Mm. yeah exactly and Yeah. So I ate and we packed our bags and we made our way to the hospital and um, we went to the maternity section. And I had known because I called previously when I did my registration that I was going to have to take a COVID test, um, but my husband didn't have to take one. So we're in the waiting room and they did the nasal swab, which hurt really bad. That was the first time I had to actually get a COVID test. And it felt like I was sitting on the bottom of the ocean. Like she went so far up into my brain (laughs) for like 10 seconds and it, it really hurt. And then, uh, the results came back in like 30 minutes. So they let me go up. Yeah, it was like a rapid test, but they let me go up to the hospital room. But my husband had to wait downstairs until the results came back. I was like, why? That is so crazy. I had no idea. And I know it didn't even make sense because I was like, what if he has COVID and I don't, you know, but they didn't, they don't test the husbands. They only test the mamas to be. And I don't know what they would have done if I tested positive. Maybe they would put me in like a different section. (laughs) No idea. Yeah. They probably would have isolated you. Yeah. It would have been like so scary. But so I was all alone in this hospital room. My husband is downstairs with all Mm. all the bags in like a hallway, just waiting for our results. But the nurses were really nice and they were just reassuring and talking me through like, okay, you know, here's the robe that you can wear and here's the bathroom. And we got like a really nice suite, which was lovely as well because my friend works at the hospital. So she put in like a nice little note under my file. So I was like, oh, this is a very nice room. And I was like taking pictures and, you know, I was still feeling good. You know, I wasn't. Yeah. Really I was just going to ask that. Yeah. So at this point you actually weren't like, no. if you hadn't known, you wouldn't know to go to the hospital because you weren't Correct. actually having Nope. regular contractions that you couldn't breathe through and couldn't. Okay. So that's very interesting <laughs> that they <laughs> yeah. admitted you just from a cervical exam. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think maybe it was the back pain that mm-hmm. were, you know, that, that those were my contractions, but yeah, because they were coming and going. Um, but I didn't really know that because I had been having the back pain for a couple of weeks. So I just still put it to the back of my mind, like, Oh yeah, it's just a little back pain. But I think those were my mild contractions in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, cause yeah, the, when they put the monitor on me as well, we could see the contractions starting and going and they were about four minutes, four to five minutes apart in the beginning. Um, so when my, my husband was allowed to come up after the 30 minutes of the COVID results and we're just sitting in the room and then that's when they, they put an IV in my arm, um, just to have it ready, I guess, because you said for the high cesarean rate, they want to make sure that there's one in your arm, but then it, they untangle it. So it's just 
like the little needle was in there. And I was okay with that. Um, other than that, like in my birth plan, it was everything else was like pretty natural. Like I wanted to do the, um, the monitoring, but not like the whole time just to, you know, check up on it when people were in the room. And other than that, I wanted to be able to move around, bounce on my ball, go take a hot shower. And the nurses were okay with that. And yeah, I said, you know, please don't offer me any epidural or any of the drugs. And they were all like really nice about it. And they were, you know, pretty much okay with it. But again, I still kind of felt that stigma of they were like, okay, like you can try and see how far you get, but you're probably going to want, you know, the Mm -hmm. epidural when it comes down to it. Like I just, I had that sense and it's, it kind of made me more empowered to not want it because I'm like, I'm going to prove you wrong. I'm going to prove all these people wrong. Like every time I told someone I wanted a natural birth, everyone's like, okay, good luck with that. You know? And I'm like, Mm. like, why is this so frowned upon? Like I can do this. This is what we're meant to do. (laughs) Yes. And I love that that's for your reaction that you took that kind of disbelief in you to, to actually feel empowered around that. And like, you turned it around to something like, Oh, I'm going to show you. Mm-hmm. I love that because I think most women do feel defeated by that attitude or might go, Oh, if you're doubting, then I'll doubt myself, but you didn't. And I love that. I love that you were so strong in that conviction of your own mm-hmm. capacity and your body and your mama and grandma, you were all, they, they were, you like they did it exactly yeah I love that yeah yeah they were like my little guardian angels sitting on my shoulders (laughs) um so I guess a timeline here so we got to the hospital around 4 30 then I got up to the room around 5 5 15 after the COVID um results and then the nurses came in we were getting settled and then the doctor didn't come in until around 7 p.m So we had almost been there for, you know, about two and a half, three hours. And the doctor checked me again and she said, okay, you're still at six centimeters. How are you feeling? And we could see that the contractions, because they put the little monitor on me, we knew that they were four to five minutes apart, but I still wasn't in any sort of pain. It was just that back labor that, you know, I knew the sensation. I was okay with it. And I still didn't have to like breathe through it. And the doctor said, okay, we have a few options here. Um, to get things moving along for you, because I'm sure you don't want to be here for however long. She said, we can offer you some Pitocin. And of course, in my head, I was like, no, I don't want that because I know that's the waterfall effect. And if I get that, then everything else is just going to fall into place. And I don't want to start with that if I don't need it. You know, my body already got to six centimeters. Like I can do this myself. Yes, totally. Why interfere? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, and of course, you know, these doctors are like, okay, let's get things moving. You're here now. Don't you want to meet your baby? And I'm like, I can wait you know, yeah. a little bit longer. Um, the next option she said was we can break your waters. Um, with the little crochet hook and go in there. And of course that sounded a little painful as well. And I was like, oh, you know, I would rather it break naturally because you never know, like now that I'm already six centimeters, maybe it'll break on its own. Um, And she said, or we can just wait. 
you know, you can bounce on your ball. You can sit in the shower. You can take your time. And I said, okay, I think I would like that option because of course, you know, this is my, my natural plan and I want to see things through naturally. And she was okay with that. She goes, okay, I'll check back with you in a few hours. Of course, there's other patients here I need to see. So have fun. Have <laughs> fun. Like, okay, thank you. Yeah. I love so, it. Yeah. That's a good thing for a doctor to say, have fun. Yeah. See you later. I like that. Doctor. Yeah. No. And she was honestly very sweet. Like she was one of the top like doctors that Mm. I really liked. And I was like, Oh, I hope she's on call. So I was really excited that she was, you know, when she walked in the room, I was like, Oh, yay. (laughs) Like you're one of (laughs) Good. Um, so she let me and my husband just kind of hang out in the room and we just did our thing. Like I turned on, um, some positive like affirmations from YouTube and I was watching like flowers opening of like a replay, you know, of, um, mm. like rose petals. And just, I heard that visualization helping like watching things open. And I had my, uh, lavender and eucalyptus oil and I was just pulling all the little tricks out. And I was like, let me just, you know, relax and do lunch and squats and walk and hopefully my water will just break. And almost about three hours later, my water had not broken and I was feeling a bit defeated. And then the doctor came back and she was like, okay, what do you want to do now? And At I was this like, point, you know what? have you had any shift in like, have you started feeling your contractions more? Have they become more regular? Has there been any I, shift for you? I was feeling a little bit of cramping at this point. So I was still feeling the back labor, but I had also started maybe feeling a bit of contractions in my stomach, but it still wasn't to the point where it was unbearable. Like I was breathing through them, but it was also because I would see them on the monitor Mm -hmm. and my husband would tell me, he would say, Jackie, there's a contraction coming because you can see it before it comes. And I'm like, how do you know this? And then you, you know, and I'm like, oh wow, it's here, but it still wasn't ridiculous pain, you know? So I don't know if it. it was my pain threshold or what was happening, but my body was just like, you got this. (laughs) Do you want a natural birth mama? Then a natural birth course might be for you. Do you see birth as a rite of passage and an important and transformational event that you'd like to feel fully empowered in meeting? Are you, like many other women, realizing that it is time to take back your power as a birthing woman in the birth space and birth your baby your way? Would you like to feel calm and confident as you birth your baby with all the tools you need in order to meet the labor sensations naturally and be ready body, mind and soul? Do you deeply down know that your body was made to birth your baby and that you have all the inherent power and inner wisdom to do so? Are you looking for holistic midwifery wisdom and guidance to assist you and give you all the evidence-based information you need in order to feel fully sovereign in your decision-making around your pregnancy and upcoming birth? then the natural birth course is for you. Find out more at thenaturalbirthcourse.com. So um, the doctor checked me again and she's like, okay, 
I'm sorry to say, but you're still six centimeters. And I was like, oh my gosh, no, I'm so defeated. And at this point I was like, you know what, let's break the water because I was like, you know, what are the risks of doing it? She was like, honestly, not much, but there could be a risk of infection. You know, we do have to say that, but at this point I think, you know, we should do it. And I was like, okay, I agree. So she stuck the little, you know, crochet needle up there and it was a big old flood of warm water. It was the weirdest sensation I have ever felt. And I was like, oh, wow. Like it just so much water everywhere. <laughs> and they did it on the bed. Like they put like, I guess like, um, some like papers and stuff under me, which I was surprised. I thought they would maybe do it somewhere else. Cause I just felt like it was a lot of water. Um, but after that, the contractions really started picking up. Like, and I was prepared for that. I knew that they would get really intense. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know how quickly, <laughs> but I really had to get into my grind and focus. And I was like, wow, this is what the contractions are supposed to feel like. Yeah. Um, so it was probably maybe two hours worth of these pretty painful contractions or surges, we would call them because I told my husband I didn't want to use the word contractions. Um, I just felt like there was like a negative pain <laughs> reference to that. So he'd be like, okay, a wave is coming and or a surge is coming. And it was good to picture that as well because yeah. um, I had heard a lot of women saying, you know, you have to think of it as a wave, you know, one is coming and then it's gone and don't think about that one again. Because if you hold on to those contractions and you're like, oh my God, I just had 10 in the last, you know, hour, it, it, you know, creates a bad mindset. So I would just forget about it and then, Mm. you know, focus on how I felt now. And then the next one would come and I would just really breathe through it, use my visualization. And I was holding on to this washcloth with my eucalyptus oil. And every time I felt that one was coming, I would just take the biggest breath of eucalyptus oil. And it just brought me back to like my meditation headspace, which really, really helped me. Like, I don't think I could have done my whole labor without the oils. Like that Mm. was like my, my, I leaned on that so much. And my husband, of course, I was like grabbing him (laughs) and swaying with him and I think um, it is really um, important for everyone to listen to that. Yeah, you know, yoga meditation gives you the ability to be with what is present, to be in discomfort, or to be with the sensations, to be in the now. Mm-hmm. That's really the number one thing that will get you through labor yeah. and birth. Yeah. And everyone has a different way of getting to that. You know, yoga meditation is great practices that really helps you hone in on how to do that, how to be present in the now and not, as you said, be in the past or fear the yep. future. You're just in the now. So you yes. see the contractions, you're like, okay, I'm in the now, in the now. All is fine. I don't feel any pain. Mm-hmm. And you're not worried about the next one and you don't hold on to the last one. I love that. It's such a yep. great wisdom that you shared. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I wouldn't have, you know, really known that if I didn't hear other women talking about it. And that's like the great thing again about your podcast is just hearing other people's stories and advice. Just it stuck with me and things that I would like took little notes on. I was actually like reading the notes while I was in 
labor. Like <laughs> I was like, I was like, oh man, like this is not working. And I would look back and I would like find something else in my bag of tricks. And I'm like, oh, you know what? I remember somebody sitting on a toilet backwards and that felt good to them. And I was like, you know what? Let me just try it. And <laughs> I, and I literally went and sat on the toilet and my husband is like, you're sitting on that backwards. You know that, right? And I'm like, yes, yes, I remember somebody doing this. And he just would go along with the plan. He's like, okay, whatever you want to do. And so I was sitting on the toilet backwards and he was just rubbing my lower back and doing the um, double hip squeezes for the back pain. And he was really good with that. And I was just trying everything that I had remembered and, you know, really just trying to relax. And it was really helping me up until I believe the transition phase, because at that point I was like telling my husband, the contractions aren't giving up at this point. They are back to back now. And I don't know how much longer this is going to last for. And that was like almost my weakest point where I was like, Jacob, I need something. Like, I don't think I can do this any longer. And he was like, I know you can, but maybe let's just talk to the nurse because I'm afraid that you're getting really pale. And, you know, I think you're might be getting a little weak because by now it was probably about five hours um, since my water had broken. He was like, I'm, you know, kind of concerned because you've been in like really, really deep pain for a long time. And of course this was transition <laughs> because, yes. you know, I knew, and I was like, why did we do this again? And, you know, I, I started telling him all those things like, I don't ever want to be pregnant again. And he was like, what? <laughs> He's like, stop it right now. We want this baby. We've got this. And, um, that was the moment when the nurses came in and she was like, I know that you told me not to offer you an epidural, but this would probably be the last time you can get one. Um, and I remember trying to stay strong because she was one of the nurses that I was trying to like prove that I didn't need it. So I was still putting on that face of I'm strong and I've got this. And I said, well, what are some other options just in case? because I don't want the epidural, but do you have, you know, the gas and air or what else do you have that I could just back up on in case I need it? And at that point I knew I needed it, but I was just pretending like in case I need it and trying to remain calm. And she said, yes, we do have the gas and air. Do you want me to bring that in just in case? And I said, yes, let's do that because I feel like I need something to have in the back round just in case. And so maybe like 20 minutes later, they brought that in and they were like, okay, this is not going to really help you with the pain. It's more just going to help with your, your mental state. And it's just going to try to get you more relaxed. And I was like, okay, you know, I'm okay with trying it because at this point I had used all my bag of tricks and I was in just <laughs> severe pain. And I remember taking the first breath with the gas and I was like, oh, I don't like this. <laughs> it kind of made me fuzzy. And I was like, oh, I, I don't know if I like this. And my husband was like, but you feel like you look better. You know, I wasn't as pale and I was like, okay, let me try it again. And so he would look at the monitor and let me know when a contraction was coming and he would tell me to take a breath. So it was like, we were a great team working together. And 
I did it a few times, but I didn't love it. And I was like, you know what? I don't think I need it, but it's nice to just know in case, you know, I, it gets any worse because I, I didn't know I was in transition. I was just like, if this goes on for five more hours or so, like I'm, you know, I don't know if I can handle it. And you never and then, really know if you are or not. This is the thing, isn't it? In exactly. hindsight, you can see it and you can know yeah. it. And as midwives, I want to say, you know, we can see most of the time that you're in transition by the way you act, the way you do things and sound. But, um, and also with the gas and air, you know, it's about 50-50. I would say women either love it or they absolutely hate it. They, yeah, some are just like, oh, it's great. Either it helps them really breathe long and deep, which is mm-hmm. probably the biggest thing about it, that it can help you really get your breath, find your breath, right? Yeah. And it just maybe, you know, some feel like, oh, I'm just in a bit of a cloudy headspace. And for some, it feels like, no, I'm losing control. I feel disoriented or I feel, mm-hmm. you know, nauseous because that's a side effect that can happen. You can feel nauseous by it. So it's yep. really 50-50, I would say. Some women, it works wonders. And for some, they're like, what is this? Mm -hmm, Exactly. And yeah, I felt like sometimes I was like, what is this? (laughs) But you know, it was, I felt like it was good for me to try. And it also was almost like a distraction in in a way because I was like, oh, this is something new. Let me try something. And then that kind of bought me like a good half hour, 45 minutes of, you know, my body was still moving things along while I was a bit distracted, which was nice. And then I think maybe like 20 minutes later, the doctor came in and she was like, okay, so how are we doing? And I think she could just see my face and she was like, sit down, let's check you out. Because she's like, I think some things have probably moved along since I broke your water. And so she checked me and she's like, wow, good girl, you're nine centimeters. And she goes, do you feel the urge to push? And I was like, honestly, I don't, but I would like to try (laughs) because I am so over this feeling. And she goes, okay, if we can work together and you push, I can probably open you up to 10. And I said, okay, let's try. And so I sat back in the bed and I pushed and she goes, you're, you're pushing with your breath. And I know that's what you've learned to focus on with your breathing. She goes, I need you to push with your abs and crunch almost like bring your shoulders closer to your knees and, and push that way instead of with your breath, just for one push to open up my to 10. I was like, okay. And that was new for me, but it felt really good to do it because again, it was something different and it was distracting me. And I knew that we were just one step closer. And in my head, I remember just talking to my baby and I'm like, we are almost there. We've got this, like you move down and I'm right behind you. And we were just like a team. It was just, it was such a magical moment because I remember just closing my eyes, talking to him almost as if it was like a euphoric experience. You know, I was just like, come on, baby, like we've got this. And then I think it was probably about 30 minutes of, you know, deep pushing. And then they said, would you like us to get you a mirror so you can see how your pushing is, you know, escalating down there and how it looks? And I said, sure, that would be great. So they rolled in a mirror. And I think that really helped me with opening up more because I could see you know, what I was doing and (laughs) how it was working. And then, you know, we, um, we saw his head and I was just pushing with all my might. And I remember it was like, I was trying to do two really good pushes every contraction. And she said, if you can squeeze in another 
contract, uh, push, if you can do three pushes, I think he'll come out on the next one. And I was like, are you serious? Like, and I just remember like this adrenaline rush and I just gave it everything I had. And then he was crowning and she said, you know, okay, like let's stop. And I remember, um, a few minutes before I said, can you please put a warm washcloth down there to try to prevent some of the tearing? Because I heard, you know, that will help. And she said, absolutely. And so she did that for a few pushes and it felt so magical. It was like a really hot washcloth. And I just remember like letting out like a grunt and my husband was like, are you okay? And I'm like, this feels fantastic. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> and all the nurses were like, oh good. And then they were like, I think they were talking to each other, like get more, get more. Cause she loves yeah. the heat. Yeah. And it felt so good, especially when he was crowning because I, mm. you know, I knew that I didn't want to tear, of course, but it just, it was such a warm sensation and it was just so different than what I was feeling, you know, with mm. all the pushing. But I actually enjoyed the pushing phase. I know that some women either love it or hate it. Mm. Um, I really loved it. I just felt like me and baby were working together and, you know, we were <laughs> all focused on that outcome. So I just felt like every push I had, it was one step closer to meeting him. Yeah. And I loved that. And then, um, yeah, he, his head was out and she said, okay, give me your hands and bend down and grab him." And I wasn't expecting that. And I was like, what really? He's here. And I just remember like putting my hands down there and I felt his slimy body and I just pulled him <laughs> up to my chest. And I just, I was like in so much shock and I was like, oh my gosh. And then he just, his head like flopped down on my chest and he looked at me and then of course he just started crying. And then I started crying and my husband was like getting ready to cut the cord after it pulsated. And I just remember like holding him and I was like, oh my gosh, like it's over. Like, like we did this and there he is. <laughs> and it was just the best feeling in the entire world. I just remember like nothing else mattered at that point. I was just staring at him and I was trying to soothe him. And then he stopped crying and he did the crawl <laughs> and he was like, he knew he was moving his little body to find my nipple. And I remember hearing that and reading that. And I was like, that is such a fascinating experience. And for him to just do that in front of my eyes, I was like, oh my goodness. And he was just there. And then he started feeding maybe like 10 minutes, 15 minutes later. And yeah, it was just, it was so beautiful. <laughs> that is beautiful. And it's so great for these midwives or nurses, I would say, because that's probably what they are there yep. at the doctor's um, service. Um, and for the doctors to see a natural mm -hmm. birth and also to see a baby come out so alert yep. without any drugs on board and haven't, you know, yeah. any other interference. Um, that's and I really don't think that they're used to that at all because everybody was just so shocked. And like every time a new nurse would come in, they would just be like, oh, she's doing it natural, you know? And I just remember like all the little whispers and all, and as, as if it was something like so foreign to them. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. like it's just, and, and I know that it's, you know, a lot of American girls are just relying on the epidural, but I'm just like, if people could see this and hear how I did it yeah. and 
you know, they could just feel empowered. And, you know, the doctor, I'm just so grateful with her because she was so patient with me and she was pretty much like, she would give me some advice, but then she would kind of just sit back and like, let me do my thing. And she wouldn't tell me to push. She would just say, okay, you know, you've got this. Or, you know, she'd be like, okay, you know, a contraction's coming but that was it. And then I knew and I would just get ready myself. And she was very much hands off until the very end, which was so lovely. Mm. And I felt like she kind of enjoyed it too. Cause you know, I'm sure she doesn't see that very often as well. So I think it was, you know, everybody was just so happy <laughs> with yeah. how it worked out. It was really great. And then af- after that, she said, do you want to see the placenta? And I said, sure. And I saw it and I was like, oh, wow, <laughs> that's what it looks like. <laughs> it was just like, it's big. And, and I didn't even really have to push for it either. Um, or else I don't really remember pushing it out because I had asked her, I was like, oh, do I have to do anything with the placenta? And she's like, no, it's here. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> but I don't know if maybe she kind of like pulled it out or it kind of, I pushed it myself without knowing, but I remember a lot of stories of people saying like, oh, pushing the placenta, I wasn't ready for it, but I don't remember that at all. Yeah, you were so high. And this is another (laughs) thing with, you know, with doing it naturally is that you have this amazing cocktail of hormones that, you know, the oxytocin in your body is, I don't know how many hundred times stronger than any orgasm you'll ever have in your life. You know, it's just so strong. It's flooding your brain and you're so in this love bubble. And as long as you stay there, then, you know, that will be the safest way to, to make sure that the rest of the process of the birthing of the placenta, the breastfeeding, you know, the minimal bleeding, all of that happens because you have that cocktail of hormones that actually helps all of that physiology happen for you. And you actually don't have to think, you don't have to do. This is the magic about birth. You shouldn't be thinking, you shouldn't be doing, you should just be allowing the force of nature to come through you and it's all that nature is so wise, you know, it's been fine tuning itself for, <laughs> for thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of years, you know, you're perfect. Your body is perfect to, to do this. So, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's such an unreal experience. And I was just so proud of like my body and my baby and how everything worked. And there was actually one thing that I was not expecting and I hadn't learned about it from any of like my books. And I guess it doesn't happen to every woman, but after, um, my baby was on my chest, my body started shivering Mm. uncontrollably. Like my legs were shaking and it almost felt as if I had like really bad flu symptoms. Like when you get those chills and you're just quivering and my teeth were like you know, shaking in my jaw. And Mm -hmm. I said, what's happening? And I wasn't prepared and I kind of got nervous. And the doctor and the nurses were like, this is totally normal. Like this is your adrenaline. This Mm -hmm. is your hormones happening. And I was not prepared for it. And I didn't know how to stop it. Like I would try to breathe through it and there was nothing stopping it. Like my whole body was just shaking. And, um, I did tear a little bit, And so she was stitching me up and I remember shaking and I was like, are you able to like do what you're doing down there? And she goes, you're fine. Like, you know, shake away. I've got this. And I think maybe because of all the hormones, I didn't even feel her stitching anything, which was great also because I heard that could be a little painful. Well, it sounds like you, you you had a big release of adrenaline. And again, adrenaline can also Mm -hmm. help with, in a sense, maybe... 
you know, numbing the pain, maybe it's the best way of saying it that, you know, you might feel less because of that surge, you know, if, Mm -hmm. you know, when someone is in an accident, you know, they might not even notice that they've had a real big injury happen to their body because it's like, they don't feel it because there's such a big rush of adrenaline that happens. And so, I mean, that's a terrible, (laughs) you know, comparison to birth. And I don't mean to do that. I just meant to explain Mm -hmm. adrenaline. And so it is, it's a big event to birth a baby. And so a natural part of that is adrenaline. And that's for the baby too. They Mm -hmm. also have a surge of those hormones that makes babies really alert when they're born. Usually if they have a natural birth, they'll have that surge of of, uh, um, hormones that just wakes them up and make them have these big eyes and they can Mm -hmm. imprint on your face and they can find the breast and they can start initiating breastfeeding. You know, you have this really magical moment with your baby because they're so alert which they don't really have for the coming weeks, right? You don't really have that moment yeah. anymore with them because they're quite good at sleeping. And if they're not sleeping, they're sleeping. <laughs> but you have these really big eyes in the beginning. And that is because both of you have had this surge yeah. uh, of adrenaline. Yeah. Um, and uh, yes, and this can happen. So women can also have it at, this actually at um, you know, coming closer to, to the birth, coming mm-hmm. closer to the pushing stages, they can feel a bit shaky and adrenaline and bit, yeah, cold. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, I say to women, bring socks to the labor room. If you're yeah. in the hospital, for example, or just have socks at ready because you can have cold feet. Like you can get, feel a bit cold and then you can feel really hot in your mm-hmm. head. Like it's really funny how the body works. Um, but yeah, the shaking is totally, can be a totally normal thing. If you think about, um, animals if they for example if you see those you know movies or you see discovery channel um the gazelle running from a lion and then they just like do this really weird shaking afterwards if they get away obviously they're not eaten they shake and they do this really funny shaking and 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 jumping around and it's like getting out the adrenaline it's like the body shakes it off Mm -hmm. and that's just what's happening you can't control it you just have to go with it yeah yeah, so that was unexpected, but <laughs> everything worked out wonderfully, and everybody was just so happy with the outcome. I remember like leaving to go to the postpartum room, and all the nurses were in the hallway, and they were just like, "Wow, you know, great job!" And it was just so empowering. And my husband was such a great support system too. I mean, I definitely couldn't have done it without him. So everything was just lovely, and and I just I felt so happy. I still do, you know. I think about it, and I'm just like. I'm just, everything worked out how it did. And it wasn't, of course, like the ideal of how I planned it, but it was perfect for me and my little family. And mm. yeah, I love <laughs> it was wonderful. Yeah. And I love that your story as, you know, you went with an OB um, and you had, a, you know, a natural hospital birth. And I love that because most women who, um, have an intention of having a natural birth will go with a midwife or a midwife mm-hmm. practice or independent midwives. And you chose to not do that. And, and you obviously had a beautiful team around you and mm-hmm. a very supportive OB, which is beautiful. And so there's, I feel like you have so much um, wisdom you can share to women who might want to do that, who want mm-hmm. to go to the hospital or who want to go with an OB and um, just maybe share a little bit around maybe your research of the clinic or what did you do to make sure that you had this support team, that you had a facility that 
obviously didn't fully believe in natural birth because they weren't they were you know thinking that you probably <laughs> will get an epidural but yeah. um but still was very supportive of your choices and it sounds you know that your your doctor was very respectful of your choices there was no coercion there was no um yeah you said she was very hands-off and I love that so mm-hmm. can you maybe share a little bit around the process of, of choosing your care provider and and any advice or pearls of wisdoms for women actually wanting to go into the hospital system and have a doctor yeah, absolutely. Um, I think I had just, I'd gone with the OB and the, um, the doctor's office because my best friend had given birth about six months before and she had a great experience. She did get an epidural, but she works at the hospital and she was like, it's a beautiful facility. It's five minutes down the street from your house. And I think it was just not having the knowledge of even what a midwife is versus what an OB is. I mean, when I got pregnant, I wasn't prepared for any of that. So I was just like texting with her and a couple other people. And I'm like, okay, what do I do now? I'm pregnant. And she's like, oh, just make an appointment with an OB. And so of course that's what I did because I wasn't fully prepared. And that is what I had just always heard before I started even thinking about having this natural birth and listening to the podcast and reading the books. So it was more just like, oh, I'm, you know, in America and we go to doctors and we go to hospitals and we give birth. And that's pretty much all that was in my head. And even before, like I would hear about natural births at home and I'd be like, oh wow, like these women are crazy. You know, I'm like, how can they do that? And then of course, like learning more about it, I was like, oh, actually it's really beautiful. And I would probably want to do it for my second or third birth because now that I've done it, you know, I, I feel so much more comfortable. And I think even halfway through my pregnancy, I I thought about switching to a midwife. Um, I had met with one that was actually at the facility because it's a mix of midwives and OBs. And I met with one about in my second trimester and she was lovely, but I think it was just in my head. I was still kind of nervous and I was scared and it was my first pregnancy and you never know what could pop up. And it was just having that backbone of, okay, I'm going to be in a hospital. I'm going to be with a doctor. I'm, I feel taken care of no matter what happens, if something with me or the baby. And I think that's why I just stayed with the OB, even though sometimes they were a little hesitant of my natural plan, but I, towards the end, I felt so confident in my own research and my own, you know, learning that I was like, you know what, I don't care what anyone says, like I've got this. And that's kind of how I felt. Beautiful. So if you had a first time mama in front of you right now, who's about to have her first baby and she wants to have a natural and empowering birth experience, what advice and pearls of wisdom would you give to her? Oh, I would just say follow your heart and follow your plan and stay strong and also just have that bag of tricks and always have something else to try because you never know when you're in the moment of, you know, getting to that transition phase or getting to that, you know, extremely you know, painful surge, you want to know that there's going to be something else you can try that might feel good for your body. Um, I think for me, I was thinking that the hot shower was going to be so lovely for me because I was taking nightly tubs and I actually didn't feel good at all. And, you know, so it's just, 
you think something is going to work for your body, but then it doesn't. And when you're in that moment, you want to have something else to rely on. And I'm glad that I had my like eucalyptus oil and I'm glad that I tried to just like sit on the toilet and like, you know, feel like that different sensation. And I think having a couple backup plans, um, a couple different breathing techniques, and different visualization and just keep trying and keep moving your body as well. I think that was also something that helped for me, you know, trying different positions and I mean, just stay positive and, you know, have that support team, have your husband just keep telling you why you wanted to do the natural birth in the first place and stay strong and, you know, keep that meditation in your head for sure. I think that would be my best pearl of wisdom. (laughs) <laughs> because you've got this. Yay. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you so much for coming on the Natural Birth Podcast and sharing your empowering natural hospital birth story. Yes, absolutely. Thank you for having me. It's been so fun. <laughs> it's been a pleasure. Thank you for listening. If you love this podcast, then please share it grade it on iTunes and leave a comment. If you want to connect on social media, you can find me on Facebook as The Spiritual Midwife or on Instagram as The underscore Spiritual underscore Midwife. Thank you for listening.